God bless you. If you can be seated, if you will. And that was so, so very good. Folks, we are so blessed to be in the, the country that we live in, within the time that we live in. And let us, let us never stop giving thanks to our Lord. I want to ask you, if you would, to take your Bibles and turn to, to Psalm 1. And um, no, that's not in your um, outline, but, but in, in, in meditating over, over the passage and, or over the, the lesson for today, the, the psalm keeps rolling on in, in my mind. And I want us to start there. And then we're going we're to turn over to a couple of other passages because today we're going to continue on in our study where we've been um, studying the, the, this, this, the idea of the steps to recovery, that, that God does not want you where you used to be. He has something better for you. And, um, and this, is, this is part of our Celebrate Recovery um, ministry. And I encourage you, again, if, if, if you've not checked it out, you need to do so. I understand just the other night we, there were some, some new faces there in the crowd. And I thank God for that. You know, because it's so very clear, because we're all conceived in sin, we're, we're, we're all born as sinners, we all have hurts, hang-ups, and habits. You know, we have issues in our life, and guess what? The people that you hang around with have issues in their life. And um, we will hurt someone's feelings or someone will hurt our feelings. And, you know, if, if you've not come to grasp with that, you need to go ahead and do that because, because folks, that's reality out there. And, and God does not want to leave us there. He does not want to leave us within our hurts and, and because what will happen is we will tuck them back and they will, the, the little things will turn out to be monsters. And that's what we've been studying the last several weeks. And today, I, we're going to be looking at a, uh, a subject matter. The, the name of the, the message today is Maintaining Momentum. That, that's keeping going. And, and I think this is very, very important because I think that you need to understand that as we get into this message that <laughs> we all need a little pick-me-up sometimes. And we're going to be looking at that and explaining that and, and how you can keep the momentum going in your Christian life. Let me just ask you a question as we begin before we, we read the scripture. I'll ask that those of you that, that, that call yourself children of God, uh, who are children of God, the Bible says, for as many as believe, that, that, does he give the right to become the children of God? Um, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says when, when we are created, when, he, when we are born into the kingdom, the Bible says, that every man is in Christ, a new creation. Old things will pass away. Behold, all things become new, that God begins to change us. Well, let me just ask you an honest question. Have you ever fallen down? You know, even, even though you begin to, you know, you, that you have a new life in Christ and God began to change, have you ever reverted back to some of those old habits that you, that you used to do? Sure we have. And that's what we're going to be talking about today because, folks, that's a, that's a part of life. And I think that sometimes that, that maybe if we don't watch out in church that we, we kind of present a self-righteous type of a thing that, that as, as um, some have said, that you know, it's only in the churches that we, we shoot our own wounded. That, that when our people have trouble, then we want to kick them down. Folks, we're all going to struggle. And we all need, we all need a pick-me-up. We all need someone to help us to get up and get along the way. But there's some things that we need to do to be a part of that process. But as the basis of this, I just want to start um, 
And in Psalm 1, let's all stand together. I want to read Psalm 1 to you. I'm going to flip over to Psalm 17 and verse 5. Then I'll read one more scripture to you. Love this psalm. Where the psalmist says, Blessed, favored is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like a chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Wow, what a contrast. What a contrast that he shows in people. Look at, if you would, at, at Psalm 17.5. And now I want you to get this imagery, as this is why I'm going to this particular passage. Where, 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 where David is praying. And David prays, Lord, hold, hold up my goings, or hold up my footsteps in thy paths so that my footsteps slip not. We're saying, God, uh, hold me. Make sure my steps stay in your paths to keep me from slipping. I think that the imagery, which is used throughout Psalms, and we will read that imagery several times, there's this real imagery that even within the Christian walk, this is David, the man after God's own heart. We're going to slip and fall down sometimes. And the question is, are we going to get back up? Even Peter, that, that, that one that told Jesus Christ that, you know, I'll defend you even unto death. When Jesus went to the garden to pray, this man that had just said, Jesus, I'm going to defend you, I'm going to to pray, I'm going to protect you, that as soon as Jesus walked off, what did he do? He fell asleep. Fell asleep at the post. You see, and that's why Jesus, when he came back, told Peter these words, something that we need to be careful of, because, folks, we will, if we, if we don't watch out, we'll fall asleep at the post too. Where he, told, he told Peter, he says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The Spirit truly is ready, the Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And folks, that's just a part of life. And we, we need to understand that. And what can we do to protect ourselves against that weakness? Let's pray. Father God, we love you. And God, I praise you. God, it's a good day. It's been a good day, Lord, as we've come to worship you. And God started out this morning. And, um, and God, we had men praying right here. And God, we, we had our our Sunday school, dear Father, where people to gather and to study in your word and, and God and, and just enjoying the fellowship. I thank you for the children that come in and, and sang this morning. God, what a blessing that is. And the, the Lord, to know that little songs like the creation song that they just sang, Lord, will, will, will be planted within their mind. I thank you for Miss Teresa and 
and those that work with the little ones, dear Father, and then those over at Children's Church right now, that, Father, they are, are learning the truth of your word. And, and God, I just, you are so good to us. And, um, and, and I just pray now that as we come, we gather into this place, that, God, that you touch our hearts. God, I think we're going to be talking about some things. We've all been there. We've all done that. God, I just pray that, that Lord, that we can be pliable, and, God, that we can allow you to do what you desire in each of our lives. So, God, bless this time. God, use it for your glory, and God will give you the praise and the glory in Christ's name. Amen and amen. You know, again, as a fact we've been talking about, and, and folks, I cannot say it enough. We all have hurts, hang-ups, and habits. The more we can drive that within our mind, the more that we realize that, that it's not the other people out there. I am one of those people. I have some stuff going on in my life. I have issues in my life that I need to deal with. It's not an us and them. We are all one of them. And that's why we need to come to God. That's why we need to come to Christ. Did you realize the very reason of the cross, the very reason um, of, of, of Calvary and the resurrection is from that very fact? Folks, Jesus would not have come and died if we could have done it ourselves. He, he would have not come and, and tacked all of our sins to the cross if we could have changed our own, um, our own selves. And so every time we look at the image of the cross, it's a, it's a reminder of us is we all have hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Maybe that's why the, the cross is an offense to so many people, because we like to live in a denial. We, we don't like to say, hey, my life's a mess. But folks, you can't get away from it. And that's why we are going through this study. This is why we have ministries such as Celebrate Recovery, because it's for all of us. As we've been working through these steps, and, and they, they take the, the acronym of recovery and begin to work themselves down, and, and there's just some very basic things. First of all, I have to realize that I'm not God. And then I have to admit that I'm powerless to overcome those sinful tendencies of my life. And, and really, apart from God, my life is really out of control. Paul says, you know, I, there's things I want to do, but I can't do it. And the things I don't want to do, that's what I wind up doing. Folks, that is such a testimony of my life. I mean, I mean, it's like just Paul just, just wrote my testimony right there in Romans 7. And that's why the, the second part of that is, is it's not only realizing that, that I'm not God, but also earnestly believing that God exists. And the, the coolest thing about that is that I matter to him. That is so good. A God that spoke a, a zillion stars in the place, knows them all by name, is care, cares about me and cares about you. He cares about every little screw-up I make. Isn't that good? That, that I matter to, to him, and he's the one that has the power to help me in my recovery. You see, the first thing is admitting that I, I don't have the power, but the second thing is the, is, is the hope that he has the power to help me. And that's where, though, if, if that's reality, then I have to consciously commit my life and my will to God's care and control. I have to say, God, I can't do it. So, God, I have to put it in your hands. You know, I think that's one of the great problems that we have within our, within our Christian life is, is that we try to fix everything ourselves. And the, what I realize, the more I try to fix something, the, 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 just the worse it gets. You know, it'd be, it's just like me trying to... With, how stupid for me to break down an engine and try to put it back together again. 
I just thought I had problems before I started breaking it down, but, but when I wind up with all these screws and nuts and bolts everywhere, I, I don't have a clue. I, I need to go to someone that, that knows me inside and out. He knows how I'm put together. He knows how to break me down and build me back up again, and that's God. And so I have to place my care and control. If God created me, just like the children said, don't you think that God knows how to put me together again? And, 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 and then, boy, it gets to that point where I, I have to come to that point in my life I have to openly examine myself and confess all my faults to myself and to my God and to someone I trust. Folks, we, there's a time that we have to step out of, out of denial and say, God, I, I've, got, I've got some messes going on in my life. You see, before I confess it to God, I have to first be honest with myself. And then the Bible says we need to take it a step further. We need to go to someone we can trust in confessing our faults to one another and praying for one another. Why? So that we can be healed. Folks, God built us for relationship. The reason we, we wear masks and pretend that we're somebody that we're not is because we don't want other people to know. And what we need to do is we need to start pulling those masks off and trusting other people. And then just voluntarily begin to say, God, whatever you want to do in my life, do it. If you say this needs out of, out of my life, then it needs to get out of my life. And then ask him to help me to change them. Last week we studied where I need to begin to examine every relationship. You know, hurting people hurt people. Because there's times in my life when I hurt, I hurt other people. There's times in the lives of other people, when they hurt, they hurt me. But God's created us for relationship. And God says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And if I'm going to be serious about this process of growing in Christ, then, then I need to take the responsibility to start examining my relationships and going back and, and, and making amends to those who's hurt me and offering forgiveness to those, making amends to those whom I hurt and, and offering forgiveness to those who's hurt me. Folks, there's so much power within that. Today, we want to look at something else. As the Bible teaches us, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation, old things have passed away, behold, all things become new. We're, we're, we're told to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're told to conform ourselves into the image of Christ. And so this whole idea of, 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 of salvation is past, present, and future. There's that time where I meet Jesus Christ, I'm born again, but that's just the, the, the beginning of my, my salvation. And then there comes that process whereby I become more and more like Christ. Paul, as we've talked about it, gives it an example of like taking off the old and putting on the new. I take off my old dirty clothes and I put on my new clothes. It's a, it's a beautiful picture. But I wish I could tell you and this is the basis of, of my message today. I wish I could tell you that once I begin to grow in Christ, that if I was here and, and I'm to grow to Christ, that it would be a straight line from me to God, that there would be just a, a straight increase daily in, in my growth in Christ. Folks, that's a perfect world. But guess what? We don't live in a perfect world. And I'm not a perfect person. God has changed my heart 
but, but I still deal with a sin nature. Now, now, so if I look at my life and, and my growth in Christ, there, there, there should be that, that growth where I am going up the grid, but folks, there's a lot of curves and there's a lot of hills and valley in my grid. As a matter of fact, there's been a lot of times in my own personal life, I'll take one step forward and two steps backwards. Or, you know, I, I, might, I might get on a roll and, I, you know, I might really begin to grow in Christ and then, then all of a sudden just, just have a real hiccup in my growth and just, met, you know, mess things up really bad. And so for most of us within our Christian growth, and, and, and that growth we can call is our recovery because we're recovering from what we used to be, what God wants us to be, but for most of us, it's kind of a jagged upward line. And, and, and that's where we get ourselves into trouble. That's where the psalmist says, Lord, help me keep my feet in your path so that my feet won't slip. And David was saying this, David, a man after God's own heart, a man that, that you would think if any man had kind of a straight line up to God, it should be, God, it should be David. But even, even the Bible shows David had some big hiccups in his growth. David fell in the ditch a few times. And folks, I'll submit to you, within your Christian life, within your Christian growth, within, within from you going from where you used to be to where God wants you to be, you're going to fall in the ditch a few times. The question is, how long are you going to stay there? You see, part of the Christian growth is, is sometimes not that I fall in the ditch, but I don't walla any longer. I get myself back up and I begin to crawl out of that ditch. You see, there's a time within my Christian life, even in my Christian life, that I would get in the ditch and I'd want to wallow around for a while. And I'd want to pull other people down and, and wallow with me. But God's not called us to do that. He's called us to get out of the ditch, get back on the path, and as we begin to grow in Christ, we just don't fall down as often anymore. And so one of my points of this message today, if I don't get anything else over to you, to, to, to let you realize you're going to fall down every now and then. Why, why is that for you, important for you to know? Because sometimes we beat ourselves up so bad that when we fall down, that, 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 that we... we we just beat ourselves up. But you're going to fall down. Peter fell down. This very man that, that, that said, Jesus, I'll die for you, denied Jesus three times in just a, a very short period of time later. He fell in the ditch. David, this man after God's own heart, this, this king, that the great psalmist, fell in the ditch to the point not only, did he, not only did he just embrace the lust that was in his heart, but he committed adultery and then murder and cover-up. And he could have stayed in that ditch for the rest of his life. But he got out of the ditch. And so, folks, we want to stop and we want to examine... Lord, what can 
help, the momentum that will keep me if I, if I slide in that ditch? What's going to help me to continue to move on so that I don't stop this growth that you have within my life, this recovery? And, and I think that as we begin to examine this, there's some very classic things that, that begin to happen and, and, and because we get very complacent within our Christian life. We, as you know, we pray and God help me through this struggle within my life. Help me within this habit. Help me within this relationship. God answers and begin to begins to heal things up within our life. And then we begin we we begin to be complacent. We we we're not doing the things we used to do. You know, and then we begin to realize and 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 the adversary begins to tell us, well, what you were doing was really not as bad as what you thought it was. And then you begin to, to compromise. You know, it's a guy that has a real problem with alcohol, you know, and he's had to, he's had to stay away from anything that, that, you know, he knew where there was drinking, but now he begins to say, I'm just going to go back to the bar to watch the ball game. Or, you know, I'm a person with gambling problems. I'm just going to go to Las Vegas to, to, to watch the shows. So you begin to compromise. You begin to put yourself in bad situations, and then you find yourself in catastrophe because you're right where you were used to be. And, and, and folks, every one of us are prone to this. And, and let's look more specifically how, what gets me back? What gets me back where I'm falling into the same problems I used to have? Some people call that relapse. I just, I just call it, man, just getting back into my own sinful pattern. And, and, and one of the first things that we, can, we, we understand is I, I begin to revert back to my own power. I've spoken about that. You know, the very first lesson we've learned is to admit, God, that I'm powerless to overcome my sinful tendencies, and God, I need you, and, and God, only you can... You, only you had the power. But it's so easy to forget that. It's so easy then begin to live life within our own power once again. I can overcome that, that habit. I can overcome my tongue. I can overcome the lust of my eyes all by myself. And folks, that's going to get us right back where we were. As a matter of fact, it was, it was not you that that, that, that helped you overcome to start off with, it was God. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul wrote the, church of, uh, the churches of Galatia, these churches that, that finally realized under the gospel that it was not by their works of righteousness, it was not by the law, but by God's power, by God's Spirit. But then soon they begin to fall right back into the same trap. And that's what he said in Galatians 3.3, 3, he says, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that now you're made perfect by the, flesh of, by, by the flesh or by your own power? He says, where'd you go wrong? It was just not long ago you understood the only way you could find salvation is through the power of God, and now you're trying to, you're trying to work your own salvation. And, and we have to understand that, folks, you and me, cannot overcome this world by ourselves. Another thing is, is taking shortcuts. 
is we begin to forget about some of these things that we've had to do. We, we, we begin to think that, that hey, I, as I'm working through these areas in my life, I, I, don't need, I don't really need to confess my faults anymore. You know, I, I don't need to come to the altar anymore. I don't, I don't need to sit down with my accountability any, partner anymore. I can, I can handle this all myself. I begin to take these shorts up. I, I don't need to go back and ask, ask her for forgiveness anymore. She knows, she, she knows that I didn't mean it. And we begin to take these shortcuts. The very things that we know that God has called us to do as we, as we work within this Christian life, we don't think we need that anymore. Folks, there's no shortcut to the Christian growth. There's none. That... that our Christian growth is a step-by-step-by-step-by-step increments of obedience. And any time we try to, to take a shortcut, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. And so that's where we begin to, to, to find ourselves back into our same problems again, that we're trying to do it in our own strength. We're trying to take shortcuts and, and, and not doing some of the things that are necessary the, of the Word of God. We also begin to try to do it without support, thinking I don't need any help. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter. You may wonder, well, where does Ecclesiastes go? Right into the middle of your Bible, you find Psalms and turn back. Turn back to your right. I think this is a powerful scripture that talks about how we need one another, how we need people that will hold us accountable. Because, folks, I'm telling you, what Satan wants to do is he wants to isolate us out there. He wants to get us all by ourselves out there, acting in our own power and our own strength. And remember that, that, that one of the things that we're to do is we're to, we're to not only confess our faults to ourselves, to God, but also to someone else we trust. We need an accountability department. The Bible is very, very clear. But listen to what God says or, through, through, the, through Solomon in the fourth chapter of Ecclesiastes, verses 9 and following. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. There'll be blessings for their labor when they work together. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help bring him up. I know one of some of me's talked about this so many times. We thank God that we normally don't have bad days on the same day. You know, only God knows what would happen. I just thank God, you know, in our relationship that, that, that normally God sees fit to keep one of us, in, you know, with some sanity so that we can help the other out of the ditch. And I think that happens in most relationships. Yeah, it, it could get nasty, you know, if, 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 if there wasn't both of us there. But that's what it's saying. Folks, we all need someone to help pull us out of the ditch. We all need someone to walk alongside of us. 
He says, in, in verse 11, he gives another expression, if two lie together, then they, then they have heat, but how can one be warm alone? In verse 12, and if one prevail against him, if someone comes against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not, not easily broken, or it's not quickly broken. Folks, that is such powerful advice of how we need one another. And this is what's one of the great dangers within Christianity today because we have so many people that want to be Lone Ranger Christians that they don't need the church. I can do it at the house. I can do it by myself. All you're doing is you're walking into trouble. You're walking into trouble. Because we need one another. You know, it's always amazing to me that somebody that's growing in Christ that when they begin to struggle and they begin to take the shortcuts and they begin to think, I can do this myself, you begin to see them isolate themselves. You don't see them around as much. You know, they don't answer their phones. They don't, they don't answer the text very much, and, and they begin to isolate themselves out there. And that should be a pretty good sign that they're struggling. If you would, take your Bibles and turn to uh, near the end of your Bible, Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Actually, the 10th chapter, verse 25. There's something really important within, the, within this passage of Scripture. Hebrews, the, the 10th chapter, verse 25. Now, folks, this is not a suggestion. This is, this is, a, this is an imperative. This is a command. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Have you heard anybody say, Well, I, I don't need to gather with other people to worship? Have you ever heard someone say that? No, oh, I, 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 don't, I don't need to get with other people. That's where they're trying to go it along. That's what we're going to deal with the next issue. They're being, they begin to be very prideful. Because listen to what he says. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is. You know, even way back then, there were people that thought they didn't need to gather together for worship. They didn't need anybody. He says, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. I think it's very interesting that word exhorting there is the word pericolo. This is the very same word that when Jesus says, I'm going to send another one just like me, I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to, the, the word is paraclete. It's the same word, but in, and, um, but, but in, a, in, a, in a, a verb sense. He says, you know what? We need to be the Holy Spirit in each person because paraclete means to stand alongside of. Just like God sends his Holy Spirit to stand alongside of us to strengthen us, he says we as a church needs one another to come and stand alongside one another because because. We're, we're going we're, we're to slip and fall down, and we need someone to pick us up and hold us up. And I thank God for my brothers and sisters in Christ who love me enough to pick me up. Those who, 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 who are impressed to, to send me a phone call. Yesterday a brother sent me a, uh, just a text out of nowhere that he was praying for me, and he has no idea what that meant to me. I believe the Holy Spirit impressed upon his heart and says, you need to send Johnny a text right now. You need to lift him up. You see, he lifted me up yesterday. And folks, we need one another to lift each other up, to hold each other accountable. When we see someone 
going where they don't need to go to warn them, hey, you don't need to go there. But when we try to be a lone ranger, and we, we begin to use this almost a boasting that I don't need to go to church to worship. You're just saying, I want to be a lone ranger, and I'm telling you, you're, you're walking yourself straight into destruction. What, what, you, what you're really saying is, I don't want anybody to hold me accountable. That's what you're saying. And folks, there's not a person that's ever been born again that does not need to be held accountable. We need people to stand alongside us, to strengthen us when we need strength, and we need people to hold us accountable uh, hold us accountable when we need someone to hold us accountable. And so what I'm saying to you, church, is we need one another. And listen, we, we, don't, we're, we don't have to live in the spirit of judgment, but we need to live in the spirit of love that when we see a brother or sister that's struggling or down in the ditch, that we'll, we'll, we'll show mercy and get down in the ditch with them and, and pick them back up. But what happens is when we try to do it ourselves, and I don't need that support. And, and, and so the, the, the third thing, fourth thing that where we get ourselves in trouble is just pure pride, and, and pride is kind of a summation of the first three. That I can do it in my own power. That, that you know, I'll take shortcuts. I don't need to do all this stuff anymore. I, I don't need to. I don't need to um, ask forgiveness anymore, or, or I, I don't need to confess my faults anymore, or, or I don't need to call upon God. I can do it myself, or I don't need anybody. Folks, pride leads to destruction, and the Holy Spirit to a fall. When I begin to get back to that point that I don't need God and I don't need God's people, that I'm bigger than that, you're getting ready for a fall. And that's where, that's, where, that's where we slip and that's where we fall. We become so complacent that it begins to sneak back into us. But how can I overcome? How can, how can I keep from falling? How can, I, how can I begin to, to do some things in my life that will, that will help me maintain? Maintain that m- momentum. You see, that's where this next step is, is where I need to begin to reserve a daily time with God so that I can self-examine, that I can have personal examination, so that I can have Bible reading and meditation within my life and I can have prayer in order to know that I, I know God deeper, I know God's will for my life, and that, that He will teach me the power that I need. You know, isn't it funny that we get so... We live in the busiest generation of the world. Folks, we, we are so busy. And young parents, I warn you, I warn you, your lives are so much busier. You know, with all the things, all the activities for children, we, we run them all around the world... And um, we all do it in the sake that I want my child to have what everybody else this child is. But we're so busy doing stuff, we we don't do God anymore. Matter of fact, we do so much stuff, we don't even do church anymore. And I warn you, I I I just warn you in the name of Jesus Christ, there is nothing so busy that should keep us from our daily time with God. 
and also from, from gathering with our people that, 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 that can help me and encourage me. And I need to reserve that. that I need to put that on my calendar. Now, whether it's early in the morning or late at night or whenever you do that, you, that, needs to be, that needs to be part of your calendar that's not compromisable. And if something else maybe wants to get in its way, then that something else has to go. I need to reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, for Bible study, and also for prayer. Let's talk about that personal examination. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, he, he writes these words in verse 13, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Folks, we need to stop and examine our very own salvation. There's only two people that knows whether I'm really saved or not. That's God and me. And I need to stop, and, 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 and sometimes, to be honest, the way I act, I have to wonder about myself. And I need to stop, and I need to examine that. But he says, you need to examine yourself whether you're in the faith. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? And then he says, test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Christ is in you unless indeed you're disqualified? That folks, we need to, we need to stop and, and daily have some self-examination within our own lives. What do I need to examine? And, and, and just some thoughts that, that, that through some of the study, I think this is pretty cool. You know, one thing I need to examine, I need to examine my body. Did you know your body is just a, it will tell you what's going on inside of you? As a matter of fact, doctors will tell you that, that most, most of sicknesses or illnesses that are, that, are, that are in the hospital all come from inward stress. And so I began to ask my, look at my body. You know, body, you know, are, are you having headaches or body? Are you, are you feeling muscle strain or, or body? Are you fatigued all the time? That could tell you that something's going on within you. And so we need to listen to this mechanism. That's why God gives us nerve endings. That's why, why God gives us these, these types of feelings because these are signs that something may be going on within my life. What about your emotions? You need to begin to ask yourself, you know, am I tense all the time? Am I easily angered? Have I lost my joy? See, only you can answer those questions. But, but, but if you're not living with a spirit of joy, if you're not living with a spirit of peace, if you, if you are, are, are living where, where you're on edge all the time and, and angry all the time, that, that could be a sign you've got some problems going on in your life. Now, it could be some signs. That is some signs you've got some, some problems going on in your life. And you need to stop and you need to be honest with yourself. Hey, I'm a mess. My body's a mess. My emotion's a mess. How about your relationships? Are you at peace with everyone around you? Or is there some people that just grit your soul? Are there some people you just, you just have some real anger issues with about? Well, the problem is if you're not at peace, then you've got some stuff going on that needs to be dealt with. If you have anger issues towards someone, if you have unforgiveness issues towards someone, 
If, if, if you bow up when you hear someone's name, then you've got some issues that you need to deal with. And, and folks, only you can tell you that. That's where you need to have personal examination. And then spiritual, how, how is your relationship with God? Are you having that time where you, you have that fellowship with God where, where you lean on Him and, and Him alone, where you cast all your cares upon Him? Or has your, your relationship grown cold? Are you in the same love relationship you were when you first got saved? Does speaking the name of Jesus bring the smile to your face like it did when, when you first got saved? Or have you grown cold within your relationship? Have you grown cold in your Bible study, within your reading? Maybe you can't worship anymore. You see, there's some things we need to stop and we need to, we, we need to go down and, and do that. And, and when do we do that? Well, first of all, we, we need to do these things immediately. We need to examine ourselves. If, if, I mean, if, 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 I, if, I drop a, a, if I drop a glass on the floor, I can't leave. I need to do something about it right now. I need to sweep it up because it's going to hurt me or hurt somebody else. Folks, when I do something stupid, I need to examine myself right then and take it to the Lord. I don't need to wait till the end of the day or, or wait. Well, you know, I'll deal with that later. I, I, need to, I need to confess that right then and say, you know what, that's wrong. That's wrong. I, when I was thinking about this passage, I was thinking about last week when I preached. And, 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 I, and I said something out of line to the gators out there. I did. Folks, that was wrong. And the Holy Spirit convicted my soul right then. And, 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 and I grieved and I, 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 I tried to apologize. You see, I could just throw that off Well, it really didn't matter. But folks, if, if, if it mattered to God, it matters to me. And I need to deal with it. And think, I won't do that again. You see, we can keep denying things, and if we don't deal with it right then, we'll forget about it, and we'll be right back in it again. So when I, when I, deal, when, when I have something going on in my life, I've got to deal with it right then, that, that, that if, I, if I know what's wrong, then deal with it. And then I need to stop at the end of the day, and I need to think through things at the end of the day and, and you know, how I dealt with that relationship. And I need to spend a time with God and say, God, I didn't handle that situation very well, or I, 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 shouldn't, I shouldn't have did that. And then we also always need that, maybe even an annual time, where we stop and spend a, some hours with God and say, God, let me look back over my life this year. Folks, only you can examine your life. And the Bible says if we would judge ourselves, then we would not be judged. God doesn't want to bring a hammer on us. God's the God of mercy. What God wants us to do is is, is judge ourselves. And that's how we grow. That's how we begin to watch our tongue, because if we deal with, if our tongue does something against the the, the work of the Lord, and, um, and, and we recognize that and deal with it, we're not likely to do it next time. And, and so we need to have personal examination within our life on a daily basis. We also need to have um, a time to meditate on God's Word. And that's a time where we slow down enough to, to not only let God speak to us, but us speak back to God. 
That's why I wanted to start out in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that, that you know, walketh not in the way of sinners, nor st- or, 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 or walketh in the way of the ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his light. And in the law does he meditate day and night. See, this is where the man's blessed because he's going to be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. You see that picture? He's going to be a strong tree. Just a, and, he, and, and he says, and, 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 and everything he does is going to prosper. He's going to bear fruit. And the Bible says his, his, his leaf is not going to wither. That's what I want to be. I, I want to be strong and rooted. I want to bring fruit. I want, I want when the wind blows that I don't wither up. But folks, that's because I'm in the Word of God. That I'm taking time in the Word of God. It's through the Word of God that I find out who God is. And it's through the Word of God that I find out what His will is for my life. And, and I need to take that time. That's why Joshua told the people before they went into the land, when, when he said this, and this is one of the most powerful verses you can meditate that you can take and memorize and meditate on. In Joshua 1.8, he says, This book of the law shall not depart from out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate, meditate therein day and night. Then you shall make, that, it says that you might know what to do. He says, then you'll, have, you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. Man, folks, that I need to be in the Word of God. See, the problem with, with, with most of Christianity today and our American Christianity is most of what people believe is not what they've studied from the Word themselves. It's because of what somebody else has told them. Folks, you don't even need to, you, you don't need to just depend on Pastor Johnny or Pastor Eddie or Pastor Nathaniel or your Sunday school. Thank God for, for people that, that come along to you and help you. But nothing replaces studying yourself. That's the way you can hold us accountable. Maybe if we say something out of line, you can hold us accountable. But it shall, this book of the law shall not depart from out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there in day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. Then you'll make yourself prosperous. Psalm 119.11 is, God, your word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, 105. Your word, Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God, if I want to know which way to go, I put your word there because your lamp, your light, your word will show me. And so I need to daily examine myself and also I need to to daily meditate upon God's Word. What does this mean to me? I just ask you, do you, have a, do you have a reserve time of the day that you spend time meditating and reading the, God, the Word of God? No, but I, I can watch three straight shows of forensic files. Or a ball game. No, my kid, he's the best soccer player in town. 
Folks, nothing replaces the Word of God. Examining ourselves, meditating upon the Word of God, and praying. I think it's just absolutely crazy. I, I think... I think it's just unbelievable that there's a God who created the world. So the kids sang about that this morning. He created the world. He put multiple billions worth of galaxies and billions of stars in each galaxy. The Bible says he can call them by name. The Bible says he knows every DNA in our body, that he knows everything about us, that he would listen to me. You know, when you, when, you, when, you look, when you look at a map of the galaxy, you can't even see Earth. It's such an insignificant dot. And, and, and then there's, there's six-plus billion people on that Earth, and so you couldn't even see them because they're what appear so insignificant, but God knows them all by name. God knows the hair on your head. Folks, I think that's pretty incredible to me. And God wants to, he wants to talk to you and me. What a privilege. And Jesus said, when you pray, it shouldn't be if you pray, but when you pray, pray like this. And he, he gave us what's called the Lord's Prayer. And folks, that's not something that we just used in repetition. He says, don't get into repetitious prayer, but that's a model. Because really, if you begin to pray in that way, and you say, I don't know how to pray, well, just... Start and use that as a model, our Father which art in heaven, that we begin to recognize, hey, God, you are God. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Golly, wow, that sounds like some of these steps. The first one, you know, is admitting that I'm not God, but then that, God, you are God. And then the third step is, hey, committing, committing, consciously committing my life and will to God. Thy will be done in my life. Golly, we're, 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 we're dealing with some of the things that, 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 that we've been talking about in the Lord's Prayer. Give me this day my daily bread. God, I have needs, and I need you to take care of my needs today. Just today, not about tomorrow, just today. Forgive me my debts. Wow, number four, confessing my faults to myself to God. As I forgive my debtors, wow. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. And lead me not into temptation. That's the one we're talking about today. God, help me keep that momentum, but deliver me from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Folks, there's something about prayer that helps begin to disengage the you know, we get so busy. The gears of our life and the gears of this world are, are just pushing so fast. Prayer, and, and as I shared with someone like fasting, this, it's like when the gears of our life are just going so fast, but when we start to pray and, and then maybe get into fasting, it's like pushing the clutch in and everything quits running so fast. Because we've disengaged everything, and now we have time that we can listen to God. And I believe that's what we all need to do. We all need to push the clutch in on our lives. 
you know, we've been running down the road so fast and so hard that we need to stop and just press in the clutch and disengage and say, God, I want to hear from you. You know, we not need to turn off the radios, turn off the iPads. God forbid, put our smartphone down for a little bit. And say, God, I need to hear from you. I don't, I, I don't need to, I don't need to see what the latest post on Facebook is. God, I just need to hear from you. And folks, that will begin to change your life. And that will help you maintain the momentum that God wants in your growth. So you need to examine yourself. You need to spend time in God's Word listening for Him. And then you need to spend time in prayer saying, God, help me. And then what you'll find is these three will just merge and God will begin to give you the strength that you didn't have. And so folks, I challenge you today as we close out. I, I challenge you today to commit yourselves of reserving a daily time with God so that you can have a time for personal examination, for Bible reading, and for prayer so that you begin to know who really God is and what God wants for your life. And folks, he'll show you. We need to slow ourselves down. And I'll challenge you again, we need one another. Don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together as a manner of many. But we need to come together that we can encourage, that we can stand along each other. And so much more as the day approaching. Folks, we live in wicked days out there. We need one another. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to your life today? Maybe you just need Christ today. I invite you to Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. God, we thank you for your love that is everlasting. We thank you that your care for us, O oh Lord. But God, sometimes we get so busy within our lives that we start taking shortcuts. And God, that we, 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 we think that we don't need you anymore. Father, forgive us. And I just pray right now that you do a work within this place. God, call men and women and boys and girls to yourself. God, let us start today with some personal examination. And God, that, that you would just reveal yourself clear to us. In Christ's name, amen.